Bugle Boy. A toot, a toot, a toot to the attitude. You lost a mate to the bone. And buggy rhythm, you can't blow a note unless a bass and guitar is playing with him. Who's getting blown? He makes the company jump when he plays Ravelli. He's the boogie woogie bugle boy of Company B. So the bugle boy's getting head. Definitely not bugle. Definitely not you, because you keep interrupting my song. Ooh. Rim shot. Well, you're not going to get my introduction started. You get a rim job instead? (laughs) What a deal. (laughs) (laughs) Throw in an extra five bucks and I'll make it a rusty trombone. Whoa, a rusty bugle. Oh, no. Yes. And welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, episode 37. Woo! Today we will be covering The Mark of Gideon and That Which Survives. Which Which Survives? That Which Survives. Which oh. Which is Which? Mm. I'm Chris, and joining me today are... Ames, Caitlin, and the Jake. <laughs> oh, is that this what we're going with now? The Jake. <laughs> are I want are we a morning zoo crew now? <laughs> <laughs> Should I be adding can, more ridiculous oh, we, like, are you like, soundboard? Is this the morning buzz? In The Mark of Gideon, the Enterprise is fulfilling a long-sought-after diplomatic mission with the titular planet Gideon. It's been, you know, very isolationist, very tetchy about letting anyone uh, land or scan or anything, but they finally agreed to see a delegation, you know, from, from the Federation, although they are limiting it to just Captain Kirk. The captain, you know, goes to beam down, but seems to reappear in the transporter bay, but without anyone in the room. He then explores the Enterprise and finds it seems to be completely deserted. Meanwhile, the Gideon Council calls up the Enterprise, being all like, where's your captain? We totally don't know where he is. And Spock's like, that seems weird. And then, like, a lot of bitchiness back and forth between Spock and the Gideon Council oh, happens. Really, really yeah. diplomatic bitchiness. Super diplomatic. Kirk eventually comes across a random, strange, slightly fancy woman in the Enterprise. Slightly. And... Who's wearing, like, the hideous oh, it's jumpsuit. It's it, was a fi- it was like a figure skating costume. It was all but, but it didn't fit her. It was all too big, <laughs> Like, yeah. it was baggy. It wasn't, you know what I mean? I don't know. I didn't like it. Was it was a hand-me-down. And so they kind of hang out for a while, and and she's being really dodgy about, like, where she's from, and, you know, clearly something's up. Eventually, Spock convinces the head of the Gideon Council to let him test the transporter, and the head of the Gideon Council's like, all right, because Spock, of course, wants to beam down, but the council guy's like, beam one of my guys up! And in the one episode where anyone's saying transport coordinates out loud, conveniently, they realize, wait a minute... The beam up code was different than the beam down one. And, uh, you know, short version is... I mean, you can't beam someone on top of another person. That wouldn't work. That's Hmm? true. She's right. In theory, a space two feet to the left is a different coordinate. Yeah, but either way, that, that, that... They still, Spock was still like, wait a minute. Yeah, but like, even if they weren't saying them out loud, it still should have been yeah, yeah, but patently obvious that it was... Yeah, but the only reason they were saying them out loud was so the audience could know. Anyway. I still didn't notice. Yeah, I, was gonna, I didn't memorize either number. Mm. It turns out that Gideon, which was described as paradisical, had been centuries ago before it became so overpopulated that like everyone just literally has to walk around all the time because there's nowhere else to be and uh they built a fake enterprise god knows where they had the room i know right not so to mention that, how they knew exactly what it would look like yeah, that's well, my question they also knew that kirk had this really rare form of meningitis and he gave it to this woman who turns out to be the head council person's daughter <laughs> he gave it to this woman he also gave her meningitis <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ames. And and the plan is to, like, cause a pandemic to wipe out part of their race so that they can actually have Rome again. And for some reason, they don't really understand me because they never really had it how germ theory works. You so. just add Kodos. Kodos would be into that. Yeah, yeah. You know, they want to keep Kirk there to use his blood to get more of it. But then they basically just, they save the daughter and use her as patient zero. And hooray, a pandemic's going to happen. It's typhoid a, married. Yeah, it's a bit weird. And the daughter wanted to get typhoid married to Kirk. Wow. I have thoughts. Whatever, I don't give a fuck. Wow. Yeah, typhoid married. What do you what you what? Come at me, bro. (laughs) In that which survives, the Enterprise is going on what seems to be a random away mission. Not random. Routine away mission, but they are never our routine. They're still random. Yeah. To a planet that just seems uh too young. 
to have all that it has. It's only apparently a few thousand years old, but there's vegetation and all this other stuff. And atmosphere. Atmosphere. They're all terribly excited. So Kirk, McCoy, Sulu, and Engineer Diamato there all beam down. Geologist. The... What did I say, Engineer? engineer. Yeah, Geologist Diamato. Thank you, Ames. Beam down to, to see what's up. And at the same time they start to beam down, this random woman appears in the transporter room and touches the transporter operator, killing his ass dead. Disrupting all of his cells. cells yeah. So the landing what party gets onto the planet, and very shortly thereafter, a massive earthquake happens that's so massive that apparently it seems like the Enterprise is affected. Uh, turns out what actually happened is the Enterprise was flung hundreds of light years away. 999.7 light years. And an exact. odd number of days. And an odd number of days. Light days. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a heavy week of uh, Spock pedantry. Well, especially that that episode in particular. He's like, it will be exactly 11 hours. And I do wish you'd be more precise, yeah. Lieutenant. Fuck off, Spock. Nobody's impressed. What are you, on your fucking period? <laughs> uh, so the landing party thinks, you know, the, the Enterprise just vanished, maybe just destroyed. So they start trying to plan how to survive. Meanwhile, the Enterprise starts heading back to the planet and... Scotty's all, something feels wrong here, and Spock's all, ha, 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 you illogical dickweed. Uh, <laughs> dickweed! Quote from the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised that's snuck by the censors. Jesus. <laughs> so, uh, you know, on the planet, the woman reappears and kills Diamato, and then tries to kill Sulu, but doesn't quite manage it. And They kind of work out that she can only kill one person at a time. And she apparently has to fucking announce it for some reason. Yeah, well, yeah. It's that seems that. like a flaw. But, Worst um, assassin ever. Yeah, meanwhile, she's also still appearing on the Enterprise, and she murders the, like, one person on the whole ship with any security sense. That poor Watkins mm. there. He's like, I'm gonna lie to her about what this system is. But then she's like, joke's on you, Watkins. I know exactly what this is. And Watkins is like, Fuck. But also then he's like, Mr. Scott, there's somebody here. Ah! Yeah, his death scream was Which amazing. was like the best thing that's ever happened. <laughs> Farewell, Walkie. You know what it reminded me of? It kind of reminded me of like, do you remember that episode, the first Halloween episode of South Park where like they make zombies by accidentally mixing Worcestershire sauce into embalming fluid <laughs> and Cartman dresses up as Hitler, but they make him change. They make him a ghost, but he looks like a clan member. Mm-hmm. And then he like sees Chef and Chef kind of goes, ah! and runs away. It was like the exact same scream. It felt very similar. No? Just me? Back me up, internet. So, basically, we kept cutting back and forth between the landing party and the ship. The ship starts having mechanical issues. There's this whole tense thing where Scotty has to reverse the polarity of the neutron flow or something to keep the ship from blowing up. (laughs) Meanwhile, Kirk and company find the lair where the computer that's been sending out these assassin holograms is, and it finally thinks, wait a minute... What if I send more than one projection? So there's three women for, you know, one for each of the remaining crew. And uh, right before they can all be touched to death, Spock and some random red shirt show up. Shoot the computer, much to my dismay. We get a little recording from the woman. They beam away and everyone's happy. Yeah, you were really hoping for a little computer talk to death action. The minute I realized, he was trying on the, he, on the yeah, lady. yeah, like he was even doing the like Mosira wrong. Was her name? To, I think so. The whole it's wrong to kill thing. I was like, oh man, we are gonna get a classic. T-. No, we aren't. Fuck, they just shot it. That's boring. I've never mm. seen Chris so disappointed. Oh, so sad. It's not true. I mean, there have been worse episodes of the show, and he's been a little more disconsolate. But yeah, but I, I'm always a little special kind of sad whenever I think maybe a talk to death is coming, and then it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Both of these episodes have Spock in charge of the Enterprise again, being a fucking twat. <laughs> I will say this, though. Like, all right, yeah, he's he's definitely being a hard ass, and he's being a bit of a pedant, and he's a bit grouchy. But he's doing a better job, better job than, than he has than in before, past episodes. Yeah. I, still, I still would have so much trouble following his orders, because he's well, just so anal retentive. I thought in the first episode, in the Gideon episode, he wasn't so bad, but definitely in the... Um, I mean, in the Gideon episode, he was mostly upset with the diplomatic Yeah, shit. he was, but he, and I felt that he wasn't being a cockbag, but he was like, <laughs> he was cunting all over the place in the, yeah. in the other one. He was just being a cunt. And he's everybody. also like, was just being horrible, like, Uhura's like, do you think everything will be okay? And he's just like, I don't fucking know. We're going back. Shut up, Ahura. Get back to your communication system. When she asks him if he's all right after he's flying, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. She, what do you think happened? Obviously meaning in general. And he's like, well, I think I hit this specific... Okay, Spock, don't try to be funny. He definitely Ossipital took his, his sass pills that morning. The thing with, the, <laughs> with, with Mark and Gideon, the only thing that was weird was like a lot of the stuff just... It felt like Scotty would have been saying these things or Doc, hmm. not him. 
Like, Spock saying diplomacy seems to only exist to prolong a conflict feels less him and more... Again, if, like, Scott had been left in charge, oh, well, that's just exist to prolong a conflict. You're like, yeah, that sounds like Scotty. Yeah, but I also think that, like, the dancing and niceties feels illogical when you just could get to the point and try that's to... That's true. So, like, I don't... But uh, what I will say is that Sulu's pop, like, Russian history lesson on Gideon. No, that no, was uh, that which survives. Oh, yeah. god damn it. Damn. All right, never mind. But oh. yeah, like you said last night, it feels like, was he supposed to have been Chekhov? Yeah, well, because Chekhov wasn't there yeah. at all, so yeah. I wonder if it was, like, a last-minute switch. Like, Koenig was like, oh, I have laryngitis. <laughs> Cannot come to Star Trek. No, the, the, He's the, the, produ- that way the production could not, after building the rig to make the rocks That move, looked expensive. Yeah, after spending all that money, they couldn't afford Walter Koenig's high, high price of a 25. salami sandwich. Uh, <laughs> salami sandwich. Yeah, a few but, weeks ago, it was $25 in a Snicker, Snickers bar, so he's moving up in the world. Yeah. I don't know. I've never seen a $25 salami sandwich. Oh, oh, never, oh, it was just one of those really big, long party ones. No, that's that's what they paid him in, party subs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> poor yes, Walter. I've always party wanted to be at a place that had one of those sandwiches. Sure, I've never seen one in real life. So I kind of, I have this note, and it's kind of only half joking, but I kind of wonder if, you know, Spock is, like, bitchy about diplomats, because even though him and his father are on better terms now, there's still some unresolved issues there. I mean, I feel like anybody could be really angry about bureaucrats and diplomats, just because it may, it's it's impossible to get anything fucking done. I guess. It, like, it, I'm surprised that they went through their that channel to be like, oh, I want to beam down to the planet, despite the fact that the fucking Gideon peoples don't want me to. Kirk would just do it. Well, it's... McCoy it's, would just do it. Scott Spock. would just do it. Spock has to ask ask Starfleet, and Starfleet has to say, "Oh nope, ask ask this division," and then well, division says, "Nope, ask Starfleet," and then you're stuck in a catch twenty two. You know why yep. though? I think Starfleet was on to the typhoid Mary thing. Ooh, I like this because I just feel like. I don't know. I feel like they had. Well, would know. they want to sacrifice one of their best captains to make it happen? Well, I kind of get the. I would guess <laughs> sacrifice the captain to make it happen. Oh, I like it. I would say that probably Starfleet was in on it, and probably they didn't know that that was the deal. Huh. This wasn't part of the deal. I'm making it part of the deal. The only thing is, I mean, it is a fun fan theory, but at the same time, the 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 people of Gideon are clearly so tetchy about this. I can't see them. You know, telling anyone, even the most what, corrupt of admirals. I don't what know. is the exploitable resource on Gideon? Like, is it dilithium? Yeah, there's got to be something. I don't know if there's some anything. kind of fancy. Or- like, uh, well, before you- they wipe them all out, apparently it was bitches who will do anything just to have a little fucking space. I guess so. I'm just wondering, like, why is the Federation so invested in making contact with this planet that clearly doesn't want outside? It's probably Contact. near the Klingon border or something. Yeah. They've probably got something. I mean, it's like it's like paradise. There's going to be yeah. something. You know what it is? It's a shoreleaf planet. Maybe, yeah, I was going to say a vacation yeah, spot. Like, That's paradise, exactly what I was just thinking. Was paradise like a, turned out to be like backstage at a Autobahn concert. <laughs> I'm, I'm th- I actually like the idea of it becoming like a tourist attraction. You know what, you know what it really is? It's, it's the whole like Pandora's box thing. Since they can't scan it, they don't know what's there. Ooh, but I bet it's great. If they're so secretive, it must be wonderful. That actually does also sort of make sense. Like the idea that they're just like sitting on like a pile of something worth sitting on, you know, like... I mean, that's what you might think if they're so... If they're so isolationist. So many pillows. Turns out they just don't want to admit that... That would be paradise if it was just a pillow planet. That'd be (gasps) great. That proves how stupid they are, you know? It's like, hi, we're this big intergalactic organization. Like, oh, good, do you have space? Yeah, why? Help! I wondered that. I wondered at the end. So they're, like, the the Gideon folk. Gideonese? I don't know what they... What what they're... uh, Gideoners? Gideoners? They wish. Their, so their plan is infect their population with a disease mm-hmm. to wipe out anyone who doesn't, you know, adapt to the, the yep. to the to the disease. Yep, yep. So they're they're being asked to join the Federation. Why don't they just join the Federation and thin their population out yeah. among other fucking planets? Because yeah. they would they would still die. Because they would go to other planets and get whatever cold oh, bug is on those planets and die. That's a good point. If they don't really, if they're not used to disease, there's none. They have no immune system. Mm-hmm. Also, They'd be fucked if, no matter where also they, they go. would be an invasive species on any other planet. Because over time, they would just take yeah, over that yeah, planet. That's true. Well, not necessarily because, because they can't they... not fuck. Apparently, oh my god, they can't that. use. They're they're ca- they're Catholics. They're doing the yeah. Ca- they're being they're being Catholics. They won't use rubbers. They won't use rubbers. But they won't live they long enough fuck. to use. They value life because... too much to actually do population control. 
control. So they're gonna do this backdoor population control by yeah. Disease. They would they would rather kill what's the chick's name Odona. They would rather kill her and anyone else with this disease than than like you know use a fucking wear a rubber. It's also idea. just a really risky proposition because like if you've got a population that's really just not used to disease, it could be that no one will adapt and you're all gonna die. Well, and they especially just, Dad. Dad was right in the room with Sicky. He's, he's, he's gonna die. He's dead. Sure. They should just unleash well, she, he like, didn't a get a pack of Mugatus on this planet. <laughs> there you go. Mugatus and like those explodey rocks. No, but he was with her when she was sick. Well, how do, how was how was what is it called? Vegan choreo meningitis passed because they had to like they took some of well, her blood and gave it to her. I think that's because he wasn't sick anymore. He just had um, banging. Banging. It's because it's because like he was just a carrier because he'd had it like the way that it's like, like it's like uh, chickenpox. Yeah, it's yeah. like how you have a built-in immunity. So they probably had to like had to do it that way because of that. But if she was actively sick with it, oh, I see. Do you know what I mean? I don't really know how. I don't know how illness makes. So she's just gonna start banging every. Was she just? Was there gonna be like a? They're they're gonna use. They'll probably just do what they're gonna do with Kirk and use her blood to. Yeah, she's a blood bag. I thought by using the blood meant. uh, uh, uh. It may have then, but they can also just. Yikes. I mean, there was no reason weird. to seduce Kirk. If they just needed his blood, they could have just she taken was, his blood. I don't know if she was specifically asked to seduce Kirk as much as it was to, like, get him on board. Oh, like, this is the thing. Here's fall the in th- love with him and let him bang you. I think she, well, she fell in love with him genuinely, though, I thought. But she might have been sent as, like, an allure to make him stay yeah, type of thing. that doesn't make much sense either. If, <laughs> if all they needed was his blood and... Like, why not just, like, throw him in it a fucking... to be cor- like seminated a, um... blood applied directly to the cervix. Ew. Then why prick his fucking arm? He pricked her. <laughs> no, but they pricked him. But, why? I'm, but what I'm saying is they didn't... They could have just pricked him. They did. But he needed they, to use his prick. But they... No, uh, they did, though. They took blood. That's the whole point. He keeps bitching about the bruise That was the, the mark arm. of Gideon. I thought the oh. mark of Gideon was, like, he's the mark. Like, they were... Like, that make, that's the mark over there. Wouldn't We're that make her the man. mark? Wouldn't she be the mark? Um, if he's putting his... Can we also point out just how much no. this episode is basically the plot of Galaxy Quest? What? Where, so there's this <laughs> the alien... Film? The film Galaxy I've Quest. I've never seen it. You have to Oh, okay. So, here, okay. so here's the... I'm not going to spoil it, but here's the basic plot. Don't worry about it. An alien race yeah. builds a replica of a ship yeah. in the galaxy quest case it's a replica of a ship from a tv show mm-hmm. so that they can trick the stars of the tv show into fighting their war for them well i mean the 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 key difference though are the the um motives and also keep in mind the galaxy quest aliens don't think it's trickery yeah I mean, is it more like a seven naive. samurai situation where they think that they actually are like these great space warriors so they like get yeah. on Kind yeah, of they think seven... that they think that the TV show are historical documents. Oh, yeah. Although in Seven Samurai, with the exception of that one guy, they all are actually samurai. Well, then a bug's life. There we go. Yeah. Yes, that's a better comparison. Galaxy Quest is good. You should watch Galaxy. We're, we're gonna do going to forward on it at some point. We should do one soon. Then. Yeah, probably once we wrap TOS, since most of it's TOS parody. You know what should wrap it is the fucking Gideons. Yeah, they should definitely wrap it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I will say, even though it seemed out of character. I did enjoy Spock's bitchiness with the Gideon Council. Hmm. But yeah, it very much felt like this episode was written by somebody who, like, must have just gotten audited by the IRS or something because they are just so mad about bureaucrats and shit. And it's like, you, you just had to deal with somebody recently and you're taking it out on Star Trek. The episode was actually written by Stanley Jones, who, if you don't recognize the name... Not Stanley, Stanley Adams, who played Cyrano Jones in The Trouble with Tribbles. Oh, Wait, funny. really? Yeah. Huh. He, on, on Trouble with Tribbles, like, he talked to Gene or whoever was around saying, I am really concerned with overpopulation. I would love to do an episode on it. And they said, sure, write us a script. It's especially funny considering The Trouble with Tribbles and the overpopulation yeah. issue there. That's actually oh, that's super true. funny. I wonder if that's, that's what sparked true. it. I wonder, too. That's funny. It felt like something that he was just concerned with in general, because yeah. overpopulation is terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I still follow the Jonathan Swift theory that you should just <laughs> eat your babies, but whatever. That might, might just be me. But there's actually the original script outline is out on the internet somewhere, and it was mm. linked out of Memory Alpha, so Alpha, Memory Alpha, so I read it. Memory apples. Memory apples. <laughs> it had and the original treatment abs almost nothing to do with this episode. Huh. There wasn't a duplicate ship. 
Sure. They took Spock and McCoy and Chapel and Kirk down to the planet to use them for their blood, to basically turn them into blood bags of disease for their people and infect them. And there was apparently supposed to be like a weird forced feeding scene on Chapel because they just said, well, we'll just starve ourselves to death. And they're like, flog raw. Ugh. They're like, nope, if you had to starve yourselves to death, we'll just force feed you. Which is really terrifying. I mean, if they're willing to wipe out their population with pandemics, why would, of course they would force feed someone who's nothing to them. So then who did the later draft that was mad at bureaucrats? That, I don't know. Because yeah. that felt like more the point of the episode than anything by the end. I don't know. There was all that whole, you know, you can't interfere with reproductive cycles. Yeah. Love will find, life will find a way. There's so many flaws in the Gideon plan. Thank you, Jeff Goldblum. Like, first of all, hey. you apparently have no room for your population, but you found room to build a 1-1 one, one scale replica of the ship. And why? Uh, See, I, don't, I can only assume it's because they didn't want to build another set. Because yeah, well, because obviously. cheap. Yeah. Cheap skates. And but then, it's a cool concept, I guess. I oh, it is. Know. They trick the captain into thinking he's on the ship when he's not. But then also, Had like... he not figured out, like, right away? He should no. like, I know he was trying to use all the machine, all the, the boops and beeps on the Enterprise to be like, Beep, boop. is anyone up there? When his communicator would work. Use your communicator. Oh, yeah. Try everything. Yeah. I didn't think of that. But see, why not just build... If you have to build replica, have less of it and just have the turbo lifts not work. And then, like, the time they go to the observation deck, it's like, oh, the the switch for the for the little observation window doesn't work. That's fine. I'll use the emergency manual. Le- Why make it work at all? Why, yeah. Well, how did they know to have the emergency, like, little doodly hop? Well, that's the thing. So, apparently, when you enter negotiations with, with the Federation, which I hate saying that because it rhymes, hmm. you apparently have permission to access the entire life history of anyone you want to know everything about yeah. Kirk. They know exactly what the Enterprise looks like down to these random fucking emergency levers. Like, yeah, and buttons, and they probably have where, where McCoy spilled acid on his table like, once. Probably. But you know what? I think that... So, A, we have seen that the Federation and Starfleet have absolutely horrible security that, yeah, measures that's in true. place. It wasn't until a week ago or two weeks ago, whatever, when they finally decided they should have a password for the <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I get it. I'm sure, like, they, the fucking Federation publishes all the Starship schematics and personnel files <laughs> on addresses. WikiLeaks yeah. or something. Themselves. Yeah. Like, they just, they actually just have an official account, you know, yeah. Starfleet. <laughs> See, it was a good grab to get Kirk, though, because you figure if the meningitis doesn't work, one of his many STDs would probably <laughs> yeah. work out. But also, where are these people having sex? If they just as just... they're walking around, just accidentally, oh. <laughs> like, they're Uh-oh. so close. Sorry, to each other. I was like, accidentally inside. Oh, you. I am so sorry. I did not mean to fuck you right there. Of course, I guess we also don't know how they have sex. Like for all we know, like their reproductive organs are on their hands, and they could just have yeah, sex while they, holding they hands, walking just, around. Like you know, sneeze and spores come out. It's yeah. like it's like kiss people. You just need skin contact at the mm. right time and. Mm. I did see when they were when we saw them, you know, walking around in their little cattle herding area outside the the windows. Mm. Were they just b- being herded in a circle so that it was oh, the same almost guy certainly. Over I, and over I tried again. to look, but they had enough sense to not stay on the window long enough that you could tell. <laughs> but I'm sure that's what it was. There were like ten people there just going in a loop. Why were they actually walking? I would just sit. I'd be like, you know what, everything sitting here- takes up more space than walk than standing. Yeah, but there was enough room between them that I think if everyone just sat, they could do it. So to the point of how and why they built a one-to-one scale model enterprise, I think it was a jobs program. (laughs) If you think about it, right, there's there's complete overpopulation. There's trillions of people, probably. Do you think they accidentally dropped some shit on people while they were building it to try to wipe some of them out? Accidentally. Well, that's what I mean. The ship is just made of people. So, like, it's just like, you know, it's like, like, they probably are like, okay, we're gonna construct a one-to-one scale model of the Enterprise, and then by noon, it's done, because... (laughs) There's so many people. There's so many people. Like, everybody is responsible for one square inch of designing the Enterprise. It's just a swarm of bodies that convalesce, and they move away 30 seconds later, there's the ship. Why don't they... I was gonna say, why don't they go Soylent Green on their people? If it's such a problem, Ooh, they well, the thing is, they don't. They, but, they, do. but the yeah. problem is, they don't believe in killing. Yeah, they're pacifists. Fools. They can't, and they then they're they've evolved beyond death. They regenerate from all disease. They're extremely long lived. Well, not from and they disease because they don't get diseases. Fuck. Well, they don't get diseases because they've 
evolve beyond it. I thought they were in a germ-free atmosphere or something. I feel like they said something about there being yeah, like they no did. germs. They did. I don't know. I felt. I felt. I thought the indication they was that about... they used to have it, but like they've just developed so far beyond it that oh. they're. That they're it might, I think it's. Become... I think it's both. Yeah, they, they specifically said the, it's a nearly germ-free paradise, but they're also they don't get diseases and stuff. Yeah, their organs mm-hmm. they, they regenerate, they regenerate too. too, and that's why only eat? only really really old. I don't know. Do they have cattle? Cattle, cattle take, take up, up too space. much room. That's what I'm saying. How could this is see? It doesn't make any sense. They just eat each other's feces. Ugh, gross. Yeah, but well, you're never too far from a meal. Well, I want to die now. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> Speaking of all the all the people massed together, they start hearing this this noise, this boom 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 boom. And Kirk thinks it's the heartbeats of all the people outside of the ship. Yeah. Because what he's got McCoy's heartbeat detector. <laughs> I was just gonna say that. Yeah, the the mer- magical karaoke microphone. <laughs> In case he needs to break into song or listen to your heartbeat. Sing along if you know this one. Boom boom. <laughs> God, and we all know what it sounds like when Shatner breaks into song. We do. To say though, when they opened that window shade and there were people there, that, that was, was creepy. creepy. That was, it was creepy. creepy. That, was, that cool. was creepy. That was well. I didn't like when we saw all the green floating heads on the on the screen. That's the one, right? That seemed unnecessary. No, the, Jake's yeah. talked about the observation deck. Oh, there. see, I like. Yeah. I thought I was thinking of the one you said. That was you really know, fucking I was, creepy. For halfway for the half the episode, I thought it was going to turn out that it it was that they were. It was like a Big Brother scenario. Like, <laughs> they needed Kirk to be on their reality show. <laughs> <laughs> that, in some ways, would have made more sense because there would have been less questions of, but what about this and that and that and this and what? Yeah, if they just, like, built a set. Yeah, it makes more sense as a... It's a sort of a Truman show scenario. So they could have gone. They could have broken some fourth wall there, too, because they could have yeah. had Kirk discovering that it's actually a soundstage. <laughs> that would have been great. Hmm. I loved the end when Kirk is like sending Girlface off, and she's like, "You could beam down with me. It'd be great." And like, I was like, "Bitch, what do you think beaming down means?" <laughs> Zip. Kirk's like, "Bitch, I was under the thrall of a woman who had love potion in her tears, and I forgot her as soon as she was out of sight." I am not beaming down to your yeah. shithole planet to watch your people die. That's a thing that I'm having a lot of trouble with this past season. Because I felt like, because we, we talked a while back in season one being like, man, Kirk isn't isn't horn-dogging the entire galaxy yet. Yeah. But now, every single episode, he's in love with a new woman. Well, this is clearly where the, where the reputation comes from. It's silly. It's, it's really like, silly. But he's always being Very. manipulated into it, though. That's like, true. Like, well, that's because women... Yeah, clearly. Are manipulative, obviously. The card wouldn't stand for this shit. They're around with their magic tears and their overpopulation. And their <laughs> ill fitting vaginas. <laughs> well, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I used to have an ill fitting vagina. I'm glad I got rid of that. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, uh, <laughs> my, uh, my final thought on Mark of Gideon. <laughs> good segue, good segue. <laughs> was that to your earlier point when the, uh, you know, when they're making out. And the floating heads appear in the yeah. view screen. My thought was just, hey, that Queen album covers watching Kirk fuck. Oh, I get it. ching. I felt like it didn't need both the weird, like floating nebulous heads on the view screen, the tinted green, and the people the watching from people. the, yeah. the observation. Well, that's deck. why I thought it was. I felt like the observation deck show had because the it was when they were making out that it turned to the. View screen people. I was like, oh wow. Ratings just got a bump. Yeah. I was like, well, they don't have any porn on this planet. Who has time to read porn? Shuffle. Yeah, maybe, it's an, time. maybe it's a maybe it's a maybe Okay. I'm gonna rewrite this episode real quick. Great. Go ahead. So instead of overpopulation, <laughs> it's an infertility problem. And their population is dying out. Like because, pandas. Like pandas. Because they just can't get hard. They they're like, you know, you know, the women can't get wet, the guys can't get hard. It's just not working. No and one if is If it getting, was one or the other, you know, you yeah, could you maybe could, figure out a work. Maybe around. make it work, you know, use a little spit, a little lube or something or or you know braces on the cock. Yeah, a little cock up. braces or like a pump <laughs> or something. Braces. Like but when both just like put some fucking popsicle sticks around it and you <laughs> yeah, shove like, it in there. Like, that's fine. Well no, that's going to be made of like a, a softer material so it's not hurt the more. Yeah. So I mean but the point is like there's something going on, they can't get turned on. There's just the fucking ain't happening. The population's dying out. So they bring the horniest man. The, in the universe's galaxy. his reputation precedes him. And they're like, we're gonna get him 
onto our planet, and we're just going to have <laughs> onto a, our princess a rotate. Well, you know, week first week will be the princess, and then we'll rotate her out and send somebody else in, and you know, it'll just be a weekly show of Captain Kirk boning women. But see, the problem eventually becomes everyone's then descended from Kirk, and you're going to be inbreeding like. Well, no, yeah, but here's yeah. the thing: the idea is that they'll watch this on TV, and it'll uh, be so hot. Okay. That they'll just have to bang immediately. But still, if they're that depleted, half the population will be brother, half brother and half sister. So we'd have to be really careful. They'll have to tag them. No, no. They'll know who's who because they'll know who has super syphilis. So yeah, any final thoughts on uh, on, on this one before we move on to that which survives? No. no. Just that the outfit was terrible. Yeah, it was. Actually, the, the men had their little honeycomb badges. Those were fun. Every, every time they, what, oh, populated, the, they get a new... Honeycomb, honeycomb sticker was uh Grand Pooba. What's her name's dad? Was he? Was he Ambassador somebody? Because he looked really familiar. I don't know. He looked familiar. Why was he the only one with hair? The other guys had not, hair. Apparently, a lot not of the other guys wore those little ninja costumes. I think they're. Yeah, why were there so many Foot Clan members running around? It was so weird. The one thing I did think though was that the the. Hoden's like closest advisor with the bald Hoden's, hair and the mustache. Hoden's heroes. <laughs> uh, just, just looked. Like, Jesus Christ. Just looked like G. Gordon Liddy. I don't know who G. Gordon Liddy is. He was one of the White House plumbers. Oh, yeah. That's a thing. The well, Nixon's not actual team plumbers. of uh, oh. goons. Yeah. So that which survives. I liked that which survives. It was surprisingly good. Yeah, it was pretty good. Well, I actually kind of liked the Mark of Gideon too. I, I this was I, not I a bad week. It had Gideon some problems. Oh, yeah, but so did, did you? So did so did Mark of Survival. Wow. <laughs> See, Mark, <laughs> Mark of Gideon like was fine. I didn't hate See, I, it, but I didn't I love it. I actually did get distracted by the duplicate Enterprise ship. Nonsense. Yeah. I thought that was a cool thing. I didn't like it. I actually think I, I, I was distracted by it, and because it was very clearly a a we don't we're doing this because we don't have the budget to get a new fucking set. I mean, everything in this season. Yeah, this they, they spent way. all their they money spent all on their that. money on the on the earthquake rocks. That was yeah, that looked pricey as fuck. And yet it was still like clearly bouncy rubber and shit. And it was just like mm, <laughs> that would make a great like like kids moonwalk kind of fuck like yeah. bounce house yeah, area. So. I would go so on that. here's here's a little funny story about when we were watching um, that which survives right at the start of the episode when they're about to beam down to the the weird planet. Ames is like, "Oh look, there's no red shirt on the trip because it was just two yeah, yellow yeah. shirts and two blue shirts." And then immediately the red shirt who does not go on the away mission gets, <laughs> gets killed. Yeah. It's like that's true. As that was a red my shirt, bad. you're not even safe on the ship at this point. Yeah, yeah. Because the, whatever the alien force is will just transport themselves aboard. Yeah, Losira anyway. is fucking powerful. Yeah, yeah, she travels a thousand light she, years yeah. away. That's incredible. When the, when the ship gets flung away, she still pops over there to kill off fucking what's Watkins. His name? Watkins. Also a red shirt because he's but engineering. Like, here's the thing: on the planet, she had to be programmed for an individual person. Well, she was still programmed for Watkins. I'm for you, Watkins. Oh, that's right. She didn't know Watkins, but she didn't know the transporter operator. Yeah, that's the one time she didn't specifically have to say someone. Maybe she whispered it really quietly. Maybe. Or maybe they just didn't tell. They just didn't show it because they wanted to like build up Mm. or something. So you didn't know the the gimmick yet. I don't know. This maybe they just edited it badly. This episode felt all right to me. It just it it was another example of an episode that kind of went on too long. Yeah, could have it could have been a lot shorter. I wish like I wish TV shows weren't required to be an hour. Mm. Like is if they or yeah, but then there'd be more commercials. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if in this era of more and more original streaming programming, if like you know, if like Netflix and Hulu and them will let themselves be like, guys, if this episode needs to be forty two minutes, then okay, Just make it. And if it needs to be an hour ten, do that. Yeah, like that would be great. But Just yeah, I mean, it. I feel like because first of all. I got so sick and tired of Spock's fucking cunty attitude and acting like a fucking bitch the whole time. He really yeah, was. He was, he was being bad. a big asshole. Yeah, like every fucking thing. Everything that anybody said to him, he had some snappy retort. I know. Like, especially he, Scotty. Yeah, Scotty is volunteering himself to be flung out of Finney's fucking, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. thing. He goes in there and he's working his ass off to fix the ship that's going to kill everyone. You have eight minutes, bitch. Hurry up. Well, that's how Sulu wasn't there to do a countdown. Mm, yes. Spock is your your temporary countdowner. Well, was Sulu? Okay. No, it was the Sulu. woman who was doing the countdown. So, yeah, speaking of Sulu, oh, right. Sulu, his replacement. So that woman. Okay. First of all, she she I, I'm baffled by this woman because she had 
She that's looked, a lot. Well, she looked. Well, I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about her appearance. She looked. Jake's making fun of a face again. I'm not making fun of her face. I'm just saying she she looked like she looked young, but she had old features. That, like that probably smoked and tanned a lot. Maybe. Oh, she looks like she. That is and, what you and, like, and she also she I don't she had a dot on her forehead. Were they trying to suggest that she was Indian? I oh, I didn't even notice that. I didn't that. see that. Are you oh, sure? no, that was definitely there. Yeah, maybe, maybe only in the HD version. But, yeah. Yeah. but why would they do that in well, the that's HD what I, version? Well, that's what I couldn't understand. Well, maybe, maybe it just was wasn't apparent in ours yeah. because... Yeah, she def- either she had a zit right in she her forehead. She might have had a bowl or something. It was red, though. Like yeah, it, it was, was not. Well, maybe she was picking at it. Maybe. <laughs> so like, because I'm like, I don't know where. Because I was very distracted <laughs> by it. It's like because she didn't look Indian or speak with an Indian accent or anything, but she did look like an old lady. She had old lady yeah. features. Well, and she like sounded like your fucking spinster aunt too. <laughs> what I found interesting about it was like I kind of wondered if again like Walter Koenig was supposed to have been there because some of the like back and forth between her and Spock like. I feel like, it's like, if he was doing this to Chekhov, I'd be like, yeah, okay, he's an ensign, oh, fine. Oh, poor Chekhov. But it was just like this random, it was funny, this was the episode of really chatty extras, because you had the lieutenant at the helm, who we'd never seen before, Diamato there had a lot to do till he was nuked, and Mbenga was back. Oh, yay! And Watkins, he got to do something. Yeah, the Watkins got to do quite yeah. a bit. Did you, did you guys also think that Diamato's name at first was like Yamato? Yamato. And it right, was I'm like, why is he is it, Asian? And are they going to have two Japanese Asian. people on Well, we were both like... that's too much. Because I had written down a note like, wow, how pissed was Takei about a white guy playing Yamato? And I didn't say anything. And yeah. two minutes later, Caitlin goes, how pissed do you think Takei was? <laughs> And then we realized, oh, it's Diamato, and they're yeah. just really not pronouncing it well. And then we felt racist. So, yeah, good for us. Fine. Yeah, Diamato. Yeah, I thought it was Yamato, too. Yeah. And I was thinking of the Yamato, yeah, which too. is the, the galaxy-class ship that gets yeah. blown up. I did not know that. The Yamato did get a nice little tomb with his he name did. on it. Yeah, which yeah. Got to be How did they do that? Phasers. I think mm-hmm. they, they, they went... They uh, carved it in. Now, you will get this. I don't know if they'll get this, but I couldn't help but, like, right. Kirk was like, man, what a crappy grave we've made for it. I it's had the same ju- thought. It's just yeah. rocks stacked yeah. up. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Kirk. Mm. I don't understand. You That's will. fine. You will. In a couple of years. Yeah. Our you savvy know, I, listeners are like, ha I did have that thought. Yeah. Caitlin has the wool over her eyes. At least, is it, is it at a least, TNG it, reference of some kind? Yeah. Sort of. At least Yamato had his name it? on his. That's he true. spoil it for me. Oh, that's nice. Thanks, Jake. That's nice, Jake. Mm. <laughs> that's real nice. Uh, you give me that sassy mm. face, Jake. I'm um, impressed. I am impressed. I am. But yeah, no, I actually, I did mostly like, the, it definitely dragged a little, but I felt like, I know, even with Spock being a bit over pedantic, I enjoyed a lot of what happened on the ship. It was kind of fun to see, oh, like, people who weren't the usuals were were a little more active. Oh yeah, Scotty had a lot had a lot to do. Like Scotty assumed he was gonna die. I yeah, think. why did he just? He was mean... telling him like jettison me, jettison yeah. me, and Spock wouldn't. And everyone's saying like Spock doesn't want to kill. Yeah. Spock isn't doing the logical thing of killing a crew member to save everyone. He's the worst first officer ever. Guys, stop putting Spock in charge. But see, you can't gonna, even kill someone if, like well. If they were all going to die anyway, what's the point in killing Scotty early? Yeah. Maybe he just wanted him to suffer. I thought there was a way that they could say like if they like shot the magnet core. I don't really. Oh, maybe that's out. what it was. Yeah, the ejection system. But uh, see, I didn't mean that. I just mean the fact that they did have these extras who like actually had. Work. meaty work, not the usual one or two lines. Like, before he got zapped, Yamato had a lot to do. Unnamed Lieutenant Helmswoman had a fair bit of, you know, she even got to sort of question Spock, like, um, now? Hello, hello, okay. Should, I, should I kill the chief engineer now? <laughs> well, while she's knitting. Her knitting, you know, another sweater for her cat. I, would, I will say, though, the fact that Mbenga was back was, like, kind of a bummer, because I remember at the time we were saying, oh, I think he should have stuck around. Mm. And, like, the fact that he's just suddenly back for a minute, like, see, he could have stuck around! Yeah, he well, was quite good. They didn't really many, have the many, budget yeah. for, like, multiple... How many medical, medical officers team. do you need in an episode? They would have had to have reduced uh, Koenig's pay to half of a salami <laughs> sandwich, and then he would have got the other half. Yes. Well, apparently there's a ton of... Because even, like, Mbenga mentions that he was consulting with Dr. Somebody Else as well. I can't remember the name. Well, I mean, so, like, they... I mean, because obviously in reality, they'd obviously have more than a single full MD. Well, right, but we they, so rarely see multiples. Well, it's like you were saying. They probably would have had at least one for every eight-hour shift or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just like on the in TNG where we really only ever see Doctor Crusher. Crusher. Yeah. I mean, there's we I think we see other doctors in the background, but yeah, 
Well, I'm saying what you have to with this one assume is that every time we see a blue shirt in the background in sick bay, at least a few are MDs and not just other nurses. Yeah, and like, well, and, he's got and, a whole research staff too. Yeah, and in, in TNG at least, if you look at the the ship blueprints, like there are like Crusher's sick bay is like one of. Ten sick bays huh. exactly like it. I guess wow. considering how fucking huge that ship is, yeah. if you had to bring everybody to the same sick bay, it would be a bit inefficient. Depending mm. on what insurance plan you got through the Federation, you like the good, you know, Crusher's really great, but you know some of the, the yeah. budget ones are. <laughs> you get you yeah. you get you know Starfleet's Doctor Nick. Yeah. Hey everybody! Oh fuck! Yeah, yeah. Everyone <laughs> in the future is portrayed as competent, though. That's like, true. There's never any like other than Barkley. There's never really any major fuck-up. And he, even he eventually, like, yeah, manages to... I'm mean, like, wait a minute, though. There's gotta be... Uh, Finney's a fuck-up. He fucked... Yeah, yeah, he fucked up and, and Kirk ratted him out. And actually, so Finney was a fuck-up, and, uh, from Rome Planet. That guy was the head of, like, a merchant ship, because he was too much of a fuck-up for Starfleet. Mm. That thing... The problem is, when we usually see fuck-ups, they're either corrupt or evil, or... Yeah. Like, it's kind of They like, promote all of the fuck-ups up... Out of, you know, dangerous positions yeah. and just make them into admirals. That's mm-hmm. it. It's kind of a really screwed up message when you think about how many of the people who just couldn't quite cut it in Starfleet just end up evil or spineless or whatever. Or, again, they end up failing upwards, which feels a bit too real. Uh. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, no, um, yeah and I was surprised because there was a point where when Scotty was in the antimatter pod or wherever the fuck he was... Crawl space. <laughs> and he's like, eject me, eject me. And then I see Spock press a button on the chair, and I'm like, did he press the Finney button? Ah, <laughs> uh, no, and he ordered it's, a coke. It's the fourth button down, guys. Just do it. He accidentally hits it with his elbow. Fuck. Yes. I was, doing uh, that all day. I was very disappointed. They've had a lot of, and we've shared a few of them on the Facebook page at this point, but there's been a lot of footage of people trying out uh, Bridge Crew, that VR Star Trek game, and, you know, most of it's going to be set on a Kelvin timeline starship, but there will be levels set on the original Enterprise, Mm. somehow with a different crew, but neither here nor there. So a faithful representation of a 1960s Constitution-class bridge, and, uh, you know, the captain has all these panels, and I was very disappointed that there was just no eject button. (laughs) Yeah. Upgrade chair. Je- no jettison button. Yeah, no, no. Except on the on the Kelvin uh, timeline Enterprise, there is the eject button, but it just is eject the Beastie Boys tape that's <laughs> constantly flip, playing flip on it the, to the yes. B side. It, yes. it, is, it is a cassette. Come it's, on, guys, it's yeah. the future. It has autoplay of the other side aims. Ooh, <laughs> wait, that's what the no, cassette no. players had. I had a walk. I had a Walkman that did that. Yeah, Ooh, it would, wow. yeah. Watch, I, I don't think it was, it's I the future, know, Caitlin. I, it's the future. My car, past. my car it cassette deck did that. One of my say, cars I, I don't know that. if it was auto, but I think if you flicked a lever, basically it would play the tape Holy the other way, cow. so you could. Yeah, it was this a really opens nice up my Walkman. world. Just in time for MP3s. You know what blow your mind? I had my my first car cassette deck had fast forward that would automatically detect the break between yeah. songs. Yep. So you'd be like, skip song. Oh, shit. Wow. My same magical Walkman that had that could do that, too. Yeah. Well, they have record perfect. players that do that, too. Did you know that? Mm. They have record well, players you just, that you, you can... You can see on a record Well, no, but, but you can just songs. hit fast forward and it'll do oh, it. Really? I assume it's yeah. the same with a record with a tape. It usually just use like a, a light beam or a laser depending on how say, yeah, it is. Because it would have to play the record really fast. I, I assume that is what it does. I really don't know. No, no, it just, it just, it actually stops the record and just kind of, no, actually plays it, but it goes across and when it sees one of the well, thicker... it plays it in that it's still spinning, Yes, of course it's still spinning. They but it's not spinning any the... faster or slower. Right. And it just, it sees the gap. And it, that's why it actually only works with a standard. It doesn't work with picture discs, and certain colored vinyls won't work with it. Well, because it, because it... Yeah, it confuses the sensor. 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 Kids in your high-tech transmodulation. Anyway, this is this has been an obsolete audiovisual corner. Speaking of obsolete audiovisual stuff, yes. how did how did you like uh, Locira winking out of existence like she was a two D character? I enjoyed the hell out of it. I loved it. She I, was it so looked, cool. It looked pretty good. I, I figured good. for the nineteen sixties, it was a pretty good effect, and I liked the weird little music that would play every time, like. At oh, first, I, I the music. oh yeah. And at first, I thought like it was just for the sake of the the first time there. That was for the sake of like the soundtrack. But because it happened every time the same way, it's like I think that's supposed to be in the world. That's great. It's like the Star Trek equivalent of that chord that would play in Clarissa Explains It All. Yeah, whenever Sam showed up. Hi, Sam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, uh, overall, 
Yeah, I don't know. It was a surprisingly pretty solid episode. Like, I don't know if it's in my top five, but yeah. I, I enjoyed it. That's one I would consider, like, Mark of Gideon? Probably won't ever watch that one again. This one, I maybe would. Yeah, th- I liked I liked that which survives. I, I, I will admit that the whole, like, she can assassinate one person at a time and she must touch them. Yeah. And if there's, like, a thing in the way, she gives up. She gets very confused. She's, oh, my God. Like, like, honey, like, you can't, like, do some, like, I mean, geeking moves. And- it's like we said however many weeks ago now about the computer that controlled the hollow world. It, it hadn't been defragged in a while, oh, so, right. you know, it's yeah. slick. Deli- I did like that. A planet could be hollow. I, I kind of wondered if that was meant to be, like, a uh, bit of a callback or not. It does feel, though, like she's, like, the dumbest, like, hyper, well, like, developed, far-reaching computer ever. Like, yeah. yeah. She's what? like, wow, it's you also... have all this shit going for you, but you're really bad at this thing. But she feels regret, and that was weird. Well, that's, well, it. I, well, that, that's co- definitely a malfunction. the woman. Then she's a terrible... But why even have this defense program? I, I think that was just something that had gone wrong. And actually, that's that's that is unusual. Like, why have this defense program on a? It's supposed to be like a man-made planet, an yeah. artificial planet that everyone's dead on anyway. Yeah. Like, what's well, the they point? Left it, they just left it on. They thought eventually um, someone would be showing up. We should when we so get to TNG. Why, why do they care? They're dead. Of, uh, a TNG episode called The Arsenal of Freedom, which we'll get to, in in which they stumble upon a planet that was. A the like a, a demo for a company that was selling war machines, hmm. and they go to this planet and they find and it's, you know and they find out that they left the war machines or like these automated war. They left they left the shop demonstration on. They left the demo mode on, <laughs> and these these things keep coming out and killing people. Jesus Aww. Christ. I don't know. I was just, I was, I didn't quite understand why the concern was there. Like, we're all dead. Therefore, we need to put a defense program on on, on our empty house. Yeah. Well, I think that the, the problem was that they were expecting other, you know, people from home, people from yeah. home, oh, home yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to come, and they didn't want. Because there was supposed to be a supply ship that yeah, never yeah. Ended, up, ended up making it. Well, maybe it, it did like. make it. And they were just all dead? Well, yeah. Well, Kirk. Kirk, Kirk jumped to the conclusion that it didn't make it because Kirk. I well, thought no, Kirk jumped to the conclusion that it didn't make it, but that it brought the virus that killed the inhabitants of the back. station well, no, back. Well, no, because she already, oh, brought it back. Yeah. Well, that, and that's what I think either Kirk or Spock posited at the end. The reason the supply ship she had been expecting didn't show up is because it had already oh, brought right. the, the, one of the earlier runs had already brought the disease back home before anyone had recognized it. They should have just sent one of those supply ships to Gideon. <laughs> Kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. It did, though. I mean, for all that it didn't quite make sense, it did lead to some delightfully silly moments of, like, people jumping in front of each other. Yeah. And then, like, sure. make a ring around her! And she's just like... Why would that help? Because she was clearly yeah. confused by it. Well, I mean, she knows... Well, how do I touch you? I'm here for Kirk. If you're in a circle, it means Kirk is right around me well, and I were, can just reach out and grab him. They were circling because she hadn't yet admitted who she was there for. But she knows. Yeah, but I guess... If they saw her start to go towards someone repeatedly, they'd realize who she was there for. I don't know. Which is why she finally just weirdest, gave up and admitted it. It's the weirdest ringer on the rosy that like I've ever seen. Yeah. The cheese stands alone. The cheese stands alone. Super He got to be a botanist again briefly. They forced him to be a geologist when when Diamato died. It's Kirk true. treated him like shit a bunch. He did. And like was like, man. If I wanted some bullshit Russian story, I'd invited Chekhov, and he's not even in this episode. And I hate Chekhov. So is that supposed to be him talking about the Tunguska blast? Yeah. Okay. Oh, that that asteroid. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was I think definitely. I didn't know that was the name of it. Yep, it is. It is very popular with conspiracy loonies who want to claim that it's (laughs) either a supernatural event or aliens crash landing. Well, I blame Ghostbusters for the supernatural. Well, I think, so Dan Aykroyd is really into a lot of that stuff, so I think people already were thinking that, and he had just read it, because he actually is sort of nuts. Yeah, I knew that. He believes in the, like, the crust. But that certainly, skull, I think, though. yeah, that certainly spread. what? Crystal skulls. <laughs> That's why he, Dan Aykroyd is the creator of the crystal skull Oh, vodka. the vodka. 
Yeah. Are the crystal skulls in all in any way related to the crystal skulled aliens in Indiana Jones Four? Yeah. Well, is yeah, that like what based that is? On, that's See, I never heard that before. Yeah. That, so that movie, that premise of that movie is based on a conspiracy. The- well, not a conspiracy theory, but a theory that there are these ancient skulls made out of crystal that were built by aliens and left in South America or someplace, and that were then found by archaeologists. Like poor why? But it turns out that. The truth is that these, that they're not ancient, weren't crystal skulls of ancient aliens. They're just touristy, you know, crappy glass skulls. Shocking. Somebody's like, ooh, let's make these glass skulls in a factory and sell them. And make stories up about how they're definitely ancient aliens. And then lead to the movie that makes Temple of Doom look good. Star Trek! Star Trek. What's a shame is at the end where they just kind of like reduce uh, Losira to her looks. Mm, yeah. She's so hot. It's such a shame that she died. I know. She was so beautiful. I would tap yeah, that. Kirk. Yeah, Kirk. And McCoy. Was, McCoy was into it too. Well, Kirk's like she was an extraordinary. You don't know shit about her. For all you know, she was like the worst administrator ever. You have no idea. You yeah. met a version of her. As imagined by a weird disco cube. The, I want a disco cube. The by disco the way. cube was great. I know when they walk in and they say, "Quick, shoot the computer!" and they immediately shoot what look what looks like a fluorescent lamp. <laughs> also, the extra that did the shooting, man, was that guy phoning it in. I, I, my note was like, <laughs> "Oh, thank goodness, yeah. it's Spock and that guy." You know him. It, you know, it's like they did they like TV Guide had like a mail-in contest yeah. here on an episode of Star Trek, and that guy won. Oh, uh, or like it was supposed to be doing, but like they forgot to tell him, so he was he, he was gone still on vacation. His, he was and... still in that crawl space, so he didn't know he was doing it. So they just took like one of the grips and slapped a shirt on him and called it a day. Mm. Well, he was gripping that gun. I don't know. Uh, Sorry, I'll uh, see myself out now. Poor Caitlin. But I mean, it was the only thing in the room that was obviously technological, so it kind of makes sense. I don't know. If they had just shot the lamp out, I would have laughed. That would have been kind of funny. Now we can't fucking see, and the bitch is still circling. (laughs) Help. And there's five of them now. (laughs) One for each of us. Why did the computer even let them into its lair? Yeah, that was... That was... An attempt to kill them, I guess. You know, if they're in a more confined space and Just wait till they fall asleep and then send out... Yeah, well, they kept having, like... They they had one person hiding in my room. I can go get it. You know, but because of her regret, she probably would have felt compelled to wake them up first. Like, Jim Kirk? Jim, wake up. Oh, fuck. (laughs) He tries to, like, shake them awake. That I, there we go, Ames. That's why she ultimately kept having to tell him it was actually not part of the computer program. It was her personality oh, forcing her it. The guilt. Yeah. I know you, James Kirk. It's like how I apologize to centipedes before I kill them. Yeah. Any bug, I always do. do I'm, I'm always like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know what's happened to me. Uh, no, my my final note is you know as they're on the planet like trying to figure out how will we survive. How will we survive? There's not enough water. We can't figure out how these plants live, etc. There's a virus or some shit. Diamato dies, and like, eat him. <laughs> why? Why is this a debate? Uh, I don't know. Disrupted cells is probably not good. I don't know. It might fry up nice. <laughs> a little butter. It's certainly better than nothing. <laughs> oh, one of my notes here is the bit where Sulu was running away from Leocera or whatever her name was and like trips over a rock. <laughs> I just went. But Sulu, what, what the fuck? Are you Chekhov all of a sudden? That's a Chekhov move. Poor Chekhov. Yeah. Poor Walter Koenig in general. Che- fucking Chekhov wasn't even in these episodes, and I kept being like, oh, don't hurt yourself, Walter, to, like, everyone. I was just, I really, and I know it couldn't happen, I just wanted Scotty, you know, when, when you know, shit started going down. I just wanted to be like, I told you something fell off, you pointy-head dish. Feelings have nothing to do with the running of a ship. <laughs> and yet he's always the one who's like... Yes, Jim, you used your intuition to blah, blah, blah. It's like, so make up your mind. Logic stop, wasn't enough today. Stop being a bitch. Not you, Ames. Spock. Oh, no, I'm a bitch, too. <laughs> wow. I'm a lover. But I'm also not commanding a starship. Spock, you pointy-eared pointy bastard. <laughs> He's lost his Falcon mind. Yeah. Softballs. Man, overall, like, this is one I don't think I'd ever seen. And so I didn't really know what to expect. But overall, I actually, I quite enjoyed it. Oh, okay. That was what was fun about Mark of Gideon. At one point, I looked at Chris, and I was like, is he a goddamn smallpox blanket? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, son of a bitch. Yeah, because that, that was the other thing. Was I, I had seen that one, and I remembered what the point was. So 
I don't know how well the episode works if you don't already know the ending. Like, is it better? Is it worse? Because I was just sitting there like, I already know what's happening. What? Let's Yeah, because I, I, I knew the the summary before I watched the episode, so I knew it wasn't the actual Enterprise, so I could only figure, like, wow, what if people... No, see, it could have been, like, he was transported into the future, or... Yeah. That's why you didn't like it. I had no idea that until, I knew. until I knew. And then I was like, oh, shit. No, see, I, I think overpopulation is a cool theme. Yeah, absolutely. And, and how to combat that, very interesting. Yeah. Like, cool. like kudos to what was Stanley Jones, I think. Yeah. Stanley Cooper. For the, for the, for the uh, base it's idea. It's turned off right now. For the base idea, even if they kind of took it to a weird place. Especially because I feel like, too, when you look at, like, I think, obviously it's still a concern now, but I think it was kind of a newish concern then like i think the 60s were probably the first time people going like wait guys there legit could be too many of us someday what, what are we going to eat like there, that hadn't well, i think been a thought for, 50 for years. a long time yeah. and see what happens you know because we can't not bang no and that was the other thing in in mark of gideon because i'd, I'd also read the original treatment mm. uh, that had a very different way of going about it in which mccoy had a whole lot more to do mm. Uh, and you know everyone else, you know, like weren't separated. Like Kirk's on the on the fake ship, everyone else is on the real ship. They're each having individual little little games to play. Yeah. Uh, but they're all together instead. Okay. So that was that was it was a very different dynamic. So watching the episode, I'm like, what if they were all together? Yeah. That would be more dynamic, maybe. Yeah, it definitely how the Kirk had people to hang with when he was on. Gideon? Did they give the artificial planet a name in that which survives? Did it happen? You are you? Oh, well, I have the cards. Yeah, you have the cards. Because if they did, I missed it. No. Okay. Stink Rock. <laughs> Fraggle Rock. Yeah, we, we heard Locera's original planet name, which I've forgotten already. Yeah, me too. That was one thing that was good with that, too, was they never... The people on the planet were did seem to genuinely be behaving as though they thought the Enterprise was just gone. You know, I think too often mm. in shows, like, there's sort of a meta thing where the characters, even in Star Trek does it, too, where like, the characters know that at the end of the day they'll be fine on some level. But this one, there was a bit more, like, honest, like, we might be screwed. Yeah, we should probably figure out how to survive here. Which you don't always see, so that was nice. Mm. Also, what I found interesting was, like, Sulu's there with his tricorder, like, the Enterprise is just gone. And you're like, what the fuck is the range on one of these portable tricorders? Shit. Oh, apparently they can at least tell that the Enterprise, like, there's a giant spaceship. Well, That's what I mean, I mean like, the I communicators can get from the surface of a, of a planet to the ship, usually. Yeah, I guess, but it just seems weird that it... You know, because you always get the sense they're sort of a short, short-range device, but this time it's like, nope. <laughs> Fucking tricorder does whatever they needed to do that week. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't was, worry about it. Kirk yeah. should have brought a tricorder with him when he was going down to Gideon. Because when he ended up on mm. fake ship, he could have figured out what the fuck it actually was. Well, see, but they, they wouldn't have... he'd be going to fake ship. That's they true. Wouldn't, and also, you can see they probably didn't But he's going by his own, on his own. He should always bring all the, all the materials. Well, considering how sensitive the Gideon people were about scans, you could see why they wouldn't want him bringing a pocket scanner. That's true. And it's not like the TNG days, which really quite subtly you could maybe hide it in your boot or something. No, I feel like if they would have allowed more than one person, it would have been Kirk and Spock, and Spock would have brought his tricorder no matter what. Mm. But he might have been imprisoned immediately. Yeah. That's he fine. did. He did bring it when he beamed down, though. Well, yeah, he didn't bring a communicator either, which is unfortunate. Yeah, that was a little weird. Um, because apparently the, the shield that blocks um, scanning does not also block communicators. No, it's true. Mm. If only they'd known. If only they'd known. Yeah, overall not... Not a bad week, not I think, a, for us. Like, the first one wasn't great, but I didn't hate it. I liked. Stuff. I did. I liked the first one better I did, than the second I did one too. What? So, what didn't you like about the second one? Or what this made, made it kind of boring? boring. It just kind of dragged. It was kind of boring. It was like I'm for you, James Kirk. Yeah, let's see this six more times. This is just keeps getting more interesting. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like it could have been wrapped up a lot quicker. Yeah, I just think it could have been quicker. Like yeah, I'll issues. admit it could have been a little snappier, but I didn't feel like it was as egregious as some of the other ones. No, no I'm not, not saying it's the worst episode ever. I'm just saying that uh, if I was, you know, asked, do you prefer the Mark of Gideon or that which survives, I would say I prefer the Mark of Gideon. Which is literally what I've been asked, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's fair. Know. I think we were uh, even 50-50 split on this well, one. Well, it makes sense. Jake and I are the same person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and me and Ames clearly just have better taste. Yeah. There you go. What? Well, really? obviously you have the greatest Gauntlet. taste in partners. Ah! Yeah, fuck, they turned it around on us. <laughs> With that, this has been episode... 37. 37. Ah, yes. Of A Star to Steer Her By. Thank you very much for joining us. Next week, we will be looking at 
the lights of Zetar. Or Zetar. Or Kitar. We'll find out. The lights are somewhere. And Requiem for Methuselah. Do please find and like our Facebook page, Stars to Hear Her By. We are SSHB Podcast on both Tumblr and Twitter. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, although this would have been quite some time ago by now, so shame on you, uh, Ames did put up a very nice article about Grace Lee Whitney's biography on the oh, Tumblr. Yeah, first, first update in a while from us, which is why I feel like it bears mentioning. I may have also done so on an earlier episode, I can't remember. Uh, oh, do please, uh, you know... Uh, Subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. If you use iTunes, do please give us a uh, review and a rating. And for us artists to hear by, this has been Chris. This has been Ames. This has been Caitlin. And this is always Jake. Thank you very much for listening. Be sure to tip your yeoman. Jake, not at the table! <laughs> Why is your piss frothy? Is it supposed to fizz like that? <laughs> this is really mature. <laughs> I know, coming from me. <laughs> Honestly, this is making me kind of feel like I have to pee.